In this report, and yeah, I know this is setting rather the large, dangerous precedent, but let us use a disciplined, rational approach to selecting the right new vehicle for your next heavy towing assignment. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. <laughs> for buyers here in Australia. A website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the card which I got someone to tow all the way up there earlier, at least for some of you, dude. We'll kick off with this process and the question that inspired it in just a second. But as you know, if you're a regular viewer of this channel, I'm occasionally sponsored by Olight. And this is not a specifically sponsored report from them, but it does concern the flashlight slash torch, work light, whatever, that many of you have been finding so elusive on the Olight website. This is a thing called the swivel, which is in part a torch and also a bit of a kick-ass work light that you can sit up on the floor like this or you can hang it because this is also a pretty neat carabiner and it's also a magnetic, which is kind of useful if you want to hang it or stick it under the bonnet and look where, you know, the oil slash water, whatever, is leaking out of your, I don't know, Land Rover or, heaven forbid, Jeep. Quite a useful thing. It's USB rechargeable as well. And anyway, every time I mention this during a sale, there is this flood of inquiry. It's only like 45 bucks and it's got a built-in battery, so you plug it in in the car, it's always good to go. It's always ready for when you break down in the middle of the night and the boonies, right? So such a useful thing, 45 bucks. If you use the link in the description and the code, you will get whatever it is, 10 or 12% off. And I just checked, the green one is available now. So you know what to do if you've missed out in the past. Anywho, today's report is inspired by a dude who is just like you. Like you might as well be clones, only his mum and dad called him Chris. Hi John, I'm interested in the Mitsubishi Pajero Sport for personal use. Can you please tell me how this car will perform towing a 2.5 tonne full-sized caravan? Thanks. No worries, Chris. No problem, mate. That's an excellent question, by the way, because so many people are grappling with this issue now, you know, with COVID and the international travel restrictions. So many people buying caravans and obviously got to get the right vehicle to tow the right caravan, otherwise it all falls in a spectacular financial heap, doesn't it? And this heap is big enough to rip a hole in your life through which you could drive a full-time homicidal vendetta, I am sure. So don't get it wrong. And a lot of people consult the beard strokers on the forums and all of this kind of stuff, but realistically, there is a really easy, straightforward, mathematical process that you can go down. It's like following the freaking breadcrumbs. No Fourier transforms or differential equations. None of that shit. Simple arithmetic will just get you out of the woods on this, provided you follow the procedure, which I am going to walk you through now. So there's a couple of caveats up front. 
The first thing is you go to the vehicle manufacturer's website, you look up the specs and you look up the maximum tow capacity, which in the case of the Pajero Sport, which Chris asked about, is 3.1 tonnes. And any vehicle that will not tow comfortably the van that you're thinking of buying, just ditch it. Cross it off the list, dude. And I'd be talking like with a 20% sort of margin. It's always really less than ideal, let's put it that way, to walk right up to the limit. Because if you buy a two and a half ton caravan and you buy a vehicle that will tow two and a half tons, then what happens if you just get an extra feather one day and drop it in the van? You're overloaded and then the rosas weigh you and all of a sudden you decouple, you get a fine and you do not proceed until the weights are right. So make sure that your vehicle will comfortably tow the van that you are thinking of buying, okay? And look into the maximum tow ball download as well. That's a limit set by the manufacturer. In some of the lighter duty vehicles, you might have, I don't know, 1.9 tonnes. This is a Kia Sportage diesel, actually. 1.9 tonnes tow capacity, and you might think, <laughs> mighty twisty, you know, TP in the trousers, that'll do it. Well, yeah, except the tow ball download limit on a Sportage is like 100 kilos, which is quite limiting because ideally you want about 10% on the tow ball download. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute, but you want to look at both of those things and just make sure that the tow ball uh, download limit and the maximum tow capacity are both in the ballpark for the van that you're going to buy. And then the first thing that you want to look at is a thing called gross combination mass or GCM, okay? GCM is the total all up fully loaded weight of both things. So the combination, the vehicle doing the towing and the thing that it is towing, both loaded up, rolling down the road, total mass, how much is it? Okay, it's gotta be under the limit. GCM is a limit set by the manufacturer. And in the case of the Pajero Sport, it's 5,565 kilos. And the data here is coming from the latest model year 22 Pajero Sport Exceed. I've chosen Exceed because it's the heaviest one, okay? Curb weight of which is 2210 kilos, okay? So 2.21 tonnes. And the aggregate trailer mass that Chris is thinking about towing is 2.5 tonnes. And when you add both of those things together, you get 4.71 tonnes, okay? Which is comfortably less than the limit of 5.565 tonnes. In fact, he's in the clear by 855 kilos, which is a nice tidy margin, all right? But we're not out of the woods yet. There's one more limit and you've got to be absolutely compliant with that as well. And it's GVM this time or gross vehicle mass. Forget about the trailer. This is all about the vehicle, okay? It's the total all up fully loaded weight of the vehicle. That would be the vehicle empty with fuel in it, plus people, plus accessories, plus whatever stuff the people put in the back, okay? Plus the tow ball download, which we'll get to in just a second. And I'm gonna assume that we're getting 10% tow ball download out of Chris's caravan, okay? 
And it's a really good idea to do that because that plays into dynamic stability of the van because all of these pig type trailers with the centralized axle groups, they're a bit unstable intrinsically in pitch. Okay, and they're also a bit unstable in yaw. They're quite stable in roll, but on the other two axes, they're a bit unstable. And if you give it a bit of tow ball download, you've always got this preload on the front here that stops you getting the death wobbles, or it or might not stop you, but it mitigates it to some extent. And if you start unloading and going down from 10%, particularly on our fairly shit roads in Australia, then you open the door to this kind of death wobble, dynamic instability. The whole combination can turn into a, a pendulum, like a dynamic pendulum with a hinge in the center like this. And you don't want that ever, okay? So this amount of download is kind of important. 250 kilos, we're gonna assume. And interestingly, the vehicle is carrying that, like the Pajero Sport is carrying that because it's pressing down on the tow ball. The tow ball is holding it up to the tune of 250 kilos. That's Isaac Newton's third law, in case you were wondering. That means that the wheels on the trailer itself, on the caravan, they're only carrying 2.25 tonnes because this extra 0.25 of a tonne is being carried by the vehicle. So it's gotta go into the GVM because it's loading up the vehicle, okay? So we'll take the curb weight of the Pajero Sport and we're gonna add the weight of the tow bar because the tow bar's an accessory and it weighs something and I'm gonna assume 40 kilos. And then I'm gonna add the tow ball download, which is 250 and if we add all of that up, 2.5 tons, okay? Which is comfortably under well, it's under the 2.775 tonne GVM limit, which is set by the manufacturer. Mitsubishi sets that, okay? 2,775 kilos maximum all up, fully loaded weight of your Pajero Sport. Okay, so you think, great, I'm under. I'm 275 kilos under that limit, and I'm way under the other one, Happy days, big tick. Let's think about that for a second, however, because this 275 kilos has to encompass all the people that will ride in the van in that state, plus all of the stuff that they put in the vehicle, plus any further accessories that you fit to that vehicle. So let's look at it like this. If you pimp the shit out of the Pajero Sport and you put five people inside, you will not be able to meet this limit and you will be over the GVM. And that's all kind of wrong things all mashed up together, right? A lot of people forget that stuff. Like everything that you bolt up, a light bar, a bull bar, a roof rack, crap that you put on the roof rack, a second spare tire, all of that stuff. This is a zero sum proposition inclusive of the people. Incidentally, curb weight includes the fuel, all right? You don't have to add the fuel in the fuel tank. Obviously, you have to add it if you put one of those dirty big step bars on the back that carry a second spare tire and a jerry can or something. But let's assume you're not doing that, right? If your vehicle is a clean skin and you don't carry much stuff inside it and it's just you and the missus and you don't weigh 137 and a half kilos each. And I have seen people traveling like that, right? But provided you are well under that limit, you're gonna be okay, right? So 
If it's a family transportation deal though, and you've got three kids, I doubt that you can comply with this 275 kilos of real room. If it's just you and the missus and you've got everything in the van that you need, then yeah, I think you can do it. And I think you can comply and I think you can probably do it safely as long as you operate that combination conservatively. Which brings me to the last few recommendations here, if this is the way you go. And the first one is essentially what I just said, and it's there for completeness. You are reasonably close to the GVM limit for that vehicle, and you have to have a serious think about whether you can comply or not, realistically, okay? And if that's a problem, then why not just come back to a two-ton van? Because then you'll essentially save another 50 kilos off the tow ball download, and that'll be easier to comply with because you'll have 325 kilos sort of remaining payload left before you fail to comply. The second point I would make with all of this is before you go out and do your thing, go and visit Dingo Piss Creek and your acoustically transparent aluminium shitter, then I'd go to a weighbridge. I'd weigh, I'd load everything up, right? to the maximum that you could conceivably load it up with. That means fill the water tanks and do whatever, pack all your shit in the van, okay? Load it up and put the vehicle together the way you would travel with it, with whatever stuff you're gonna carry inside it, jam the people in and trot off to the weigh bridge. And you wanna weigh all three things, right? You wanna weigh the van and you wanna weigh the vehicle and you want to derive the tow ball download from that and what the actual combination weight is and what the GVM of the vehicle as it's rolling is, okay? And if you don't know how to do that at the Waybridge, the dude who's driving the Waybridge will be more than happy to help you out. Essentially, you've got to do three things, right? You've got to roll the whole combination onto the Waybridge and then you've got to drive just the vehicle off and then you've got to decouple and just measure the van. And with those three data points, right, you can derive everything that you need to derive to ensure compliance. And that's so important. Because if you comply and you get stopped and you get weighed by the officials out there on the road, you've gotta comply. Otherwise you're just gonna be stopped and fined, right? And you won't be proceeding unless you leave some of your precious possessions behind. And that's always a little bit confronting too. So my third recommendation is make sure you maintain that 10% download. Do not be tempted to move some load back in the van to take some load off the tow ball to comply with the GVM because that's a dangerous thing to do it can open the door to dynamic instability as you're rolling down there on the highway and you can have one of those horrible death wobble events. And obviously there are some pendulum kind of events where if you make all the wrong inputs, the pendulum gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then the caravan overtakes the car, which is so confronting. It usually parks on the side or the roof, and so does the car doing the towing, and heaven forbid there's another poor bastard coming the other way when all of this comes unglued. So do not be tempted to cheat the download in order to comply, okay? Number, th number four, number four <laughs> is reduce the cruising speed, okay? You can't drive safely with a big heavy van at 
maximum speeds like 110 or 130 kilometers an hour. You just can't do that. It's dangerous. It's unsafe, dude. So reduce your cruising speed to something like 90. And I know that this is kind of a reprehensible philosophical thing to say to some people who just expect to be able to do the impossible, to load up to the maximum and then drive at the maximum speed and nothing will go wrong. Well, you're allowed to think that, but the laws of physics don't give a shit what you think. They give a shit what you do. And I'd be suggesting a maximum cruising speed in that mid 80s to 90 k's an hour with a dirty big van behind like every time. It's just me. I'd like to get there intact. I'm funny like that. Number five is I'd be doing a bunch of checks daily because reliability is kind of a problem principally because you're sticking such a big weight out the back and that's extra load on the powertrain, which means extra power requirement, which means extra heat production, more stress on the cooling systems for the engine and transmission and things of this nature. So it's a really good idea to make sure that you've got air in all probably 10 or 11 tires. So you'd wanna give yourself a few minutes to do these checks. You might have to pump the odd one up, okay? But I'd be doing that daily. I'd be checking the air, I'd be checking the coolant in the radiator, and I'd be checking the engine oil every day before setting off as an absolute minimum, okay? And then on the roll, okay, every time you stop to do something, to look at some attraction out there on the road to Dingo friggin' Piss Creek. I'd be walking around the whole combination before I get back in the driver's seat. And I just look for some visual cues that something was wrong, you know, like does one of those tires look like it's a little bit flat, okay? And I'd be getting the back of my hand and I'd be putting it on the hubs of the trailer and just make sure that they're at or about the same temperature, particularly if you only just stopped and got out for a few minutes because you really don't want to seize a bearing, right? And temperature can be such a good indicator that something's wrong. You could put your hand on all of the tires as well as soon as you stop because if one of them is noticeably hotter than the others, it's probably a little bit deflated and it might not be enough to just check by seeing it because radial tires are funny like that. They don't look flat when they've lost a considerable amount of air. But Temperature can be definitive and your hand is a pretty good barometer of temperatures in that ballpark. So just maybe do that, have a walk around, make sure nothing's hanging off, have a look at the safety chains, make sure they're still crossed, still attached, all of that stuff. And you know, if you're walking around the back and you've got the parking lights on, the engine's running, whatever, the daytime running lights are on, just make sure that you've got lights at the back too, just in case someone might sneak up behind you in the dead of night and you might not know that you've got no lights, which is kind of dangerous as well. And as long as you just do that and operate the thing conservatively, it should be good as gold, mate. But I'd be really thinking hard about compliance with GVM because that's likely to be the weakest link in this proposition. 